Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Bow, cheeky, wow, wow. Testing, testing. You need to get a little closer. Welcome to Eternal Crown D&D. We are going to be starting a brand new venture among all our players, friends, and family. We are going to try and make this as painless as possible, but um, we do have to, unfortunately, give you all an introduction as to what Eternal Crown D&D is. A lot of you that might have played D&D uh, are probably used to the books. Oh, don't forget the books. Don't forget the dice. Everything you, everything you do has to be rolled out. Dex checks, charisma checks, strength checks, uh, proficiency checks, um, movement checks. Um, but that's not what Eternal Crown D&D is about. Eternal Crown D&D is a mix of old and a mix of new and a mix of creation. Within our D&D, you, your needed equipment in order to play D&D is your brain, is your heart, is your, well, yes, you do need dice, but we use a bot. Um, and at the same time, you do need to know a little bit of background as to what fantasy lore is, is about. Um, I try to explain everything as far as Eternal Crown D&D is concerned. I try to have new players join, listen, and hold their hand as they venture into our creation. So we're going to take the time now to briefly describe what Eternal Crown D&D is all about. In a, and it'll be a very, uh, very, very concise synopsis. Uh, in order to learn more, you'll have to listen to our adventures, you'll have to listen to our podcasts, and perhaps even read our stories. But first and foremost, this Eternal Crown D&D is not for the faint of heart. We use terms like blessings and touchings, vesting. So as far as Eternal Crown D&D is concerned, it is definitely uh, rated mature. We can go from one evening of, of playing Eternal Crown D&D, of a rating of G, all the way to triple X. So yes, do we challenge everyone? Challenge in the sense that we go into areas that might offend? Absolutely. But Eternal Crown D&D is all about it. We try to mix fantasy with our world, reality, as we call it. And we try not to be offensive, but we try to also deal with elements of realism. So there are dark subjects that do come arise from Eternal Crown D&D. And again, it is not for the faint heart. It is not for those that get easily offended. We like to joke around a lot. But at the end of the day, Eternal Crown D&D serves a purpose. And for all of us, we enjoy playing because we enjoy each other's company. We enjoy laughing. We have a lot of ton of laughs. And everything about Eternal Crown D&D, just like I am doing now, 
the spontaneous. Well, I don't have uh, a board in front of me. I don't have a stack of papers. I don't have dice in front of me. All that's in front of me is a computer, a mic, and myself. And as we play, I think of the quest as the decisions are being made. So in that sense, I think Eternal Crown D&D is very unique. A lot of people ask, how do I do it? Well, it's not, it's not very easy, but I have, I've been playing for a very, very long time. So many of the scenarios, I wouldn't say necessarily repeat, but they're similar elements in, in the decisions that are made. So with that said, I am going to warn everyone that Eternal Crown D&D does have elements of, well, I'm not going to say some, I'm rather going to say a lot. We do have elements of sex, cursing, violence, absolutely violence, because, well, it's D&D. We also have elements of, quote, unquote, racism in the sense, different races, different classes, different, not like the racism of real reality, but fantasy-based racism. We also delve into subjects like sometimes rape and pillaging. And you have to put yourself, when you're in Return of Crime D&D, just like other D&D worlds, you have to put yourself in that world. So with that said, we do make it as real as possible with based in a fantasy world. The fantasy world does have magic. Magic is the premise of our Eternal Crown D&D. It is a world that we created based on our imagination, based on our experiences of fantasy itself, reading novels, books, watching movies, TV shows. So you may see some correlations to those things. And so I will be honest and tell everyone our Eternal Crown D&D has been inspired by some of those ideas, some of those books, some of those movies. But I will tell you that our Eternal Crown D&D is 100% created by all of us. So with that said, um, I wanted to at least get you all accustomed to how we play and what our D&D is about. The unique thing about our D&D is that I don't think that there's anything like it out there. Um, no matter which D&D you go to, which D&D group you may find. And, and our D&D is not for everyone. It won't be. Um, because some people are so, so used to the structure of the books and the dice and moving and all that stuff. I played that kind of D&D and I hated it. Why? Because I felt like there was no maneuverability. There was no, it was too structured for me. I want, I wanted to be able to talk to the NPCs. I wanted to be able to do things that the DM wouldn't let me do. I didn't want to roll every time. Um, I felt like I, if I grandmaster something, well, it's an auto pass or things that seemed impossible shouldn't be impossible in a world of magic. So I got a little frustrated as I played throughout the years. And I began to create my own, our own, well, Eternal Crown D&D, in essence. 
But I will tell you, throughout my experience, the biggest problem with D&D, and that is many, many players can't do something that seems so so basic to me, but that's because I've been playing for so many years, and I've come to the point where I can separate myself as a player and separate myself as, well, who I am in real life. So what does that mean? It means when we're playing in-game, it has to stay in-game. When we are call out a game or um, we call it for the night, you can't hold grudges. You can't say, well, you know, so-and-so, I hate your guts because of what you do to my character and be pissed off at them for an entire week in real life because that's not fair. That's not D&D. That's not playing. In essence, you're taking in-game stuff and bringing it out of game. You can't say, well, you, you, you did something and you made me do it. No. Eternal Crown D&D is about decisions at the end, about the player's decisions. And whether they use their brain to make those decisions, they have to realize there's a consequence for those decisions, just like reality. So Eternal Crown D&D is just not about rolling. It's about puzzles. It's about enigmas. It's about magic. It's about creation. It's about professions. It's about everything under the sun you can think about. We will throw in there. And that's what makes our Eternal Crown D&D, I think, unique to the other D&Ds that I've played, I've seen, I've heard. So with that said, this is a huge disclaimer. Our Eternal Crown D&D is not for everyone. It's a huge disclaimer because of the fact that we don't go with the traditional base of D&D. Version 3.1, version 1, we don't do any, we don't follow the books to, to the letter. As a matter of fact, when a new player comes in, they say, oh, what version are you on? I said, I tell them, don't worry about it. You're not going to need to know that. You just need to know how to play Eternal Crown D&D. And the best way to do that is come, join us, sit down, listen. And you're going to realize that Eternal Crown D&D, really all you need is a brain. You just make decisions, making decisions. But at the same time, it's about playing your character for who and what they are. So you have to play your character depending on whether it's lawful good, chaotic good, lawful evil. Whatever you choose to make your character, you have to stay true to form. And that's the hard part. A lot of people that have played tell me, well, Eternal Crown D&D is like acting. And in essence, it, it kind of is. But it, at the same time, it isn't. Why? Because. What happens is a lot of people that play can't separate themselves from their playable character. So therefore, it gets blurred lines. And when they begin to play, their true self really comes out in the character. And um, by that, I begin to realize I get to know everyone that plays, not just as a playable character, but who they are like in real life. And well. I must admit, Eternal Crown D&D, like my two, uh, my two uh, players that are with me currently will tell you, I am a very evil DM. <laughs> evil DM. 
I will use every ammo against you in the quest. However, I will make it within game. I warn everyone, when you come to play my D&D, make sure you check it at the door. Please be aware that I love you all out of game. Nothing personal. Everything in game stays in game for me. And that's how Eternal Crown D&D is. Now, you may listen to this and say, well, how, how, how does a person get, you know, so butthurt about a game? Well, that's why I invite all of you to come and listen to our D&D. So I'm going to give a little uh, introduction to a player here. Um, she, her, main, her main is actually Lady Nix, but she also, also plays the podcast character known as X. And then I have um, a main one of them. Uh, one of our male characters, his main is Misery in in um, in our Eternal Crown D&D, but he plays in our podcast. He plays X's brother, Bill. So I'm gonna hand over the mic to them and let them kind of give you a brief synopsis of what they, what their viewpoint and what Eternal Crown D&D means to them, as far as being players. With that said. X. Hello, everyone. So I am going to begin by letting you all know that the views and opinions expressed by Eternal Crown D&D are based on fictional characters. They do not necessarily reflect the, well, personal opinions and views of the players. It's all based on the circumstance, the decision, and obviously the character that we're playing. It's not meant to insult. It's not meant to, well, trigger anyone or make anyone upset. It's just simply based on circumstance, decisions within the game. Now, I have helped DM Aries create this D&D world over the span of about, well, I'd like to say 12, 13 years. And in those 13 years, I have laughed, I have cried, I have filled the DM's cup millions of times. I am not very proud to say, but it has happened. And well, have I got invested in my characters? Yes. When my characters die, did I cry? I'll freely admit, yes, I did. Sometimes it wasn't a thug tear. Sometimes it was mountains and mountains of tears. But nevertheless, um, I couldn't help but get vested in some characters. And some characters, I absolutely abhorred playing. I just couldn't stand them. I would stop playing it and kind of go out of character and say, this bitch has all the luck. I just can't stand her, but I still played it because in order to create the world that we have today, it required a lot of, well, trial and error. It was not simply we woke up one day and this magnanimous world came before us. No, 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 no. It has been quite the arduous task and journey, but... Well, we made it come to pass. And I can honestly say that playing 
this eternal crown universe, like I like to call it, um, has certainly changed how I handle certain things in real life because, well, I'll freely admit sometimes I might go into character in real life to not get personally vested in arguments because, well, we all know how we can all get. And, well, decision-making. I can honestly say that it has taught me to look at the consequences of my actions. And that's the thing. I like to say, like every other person out there that goes on Pinterest, we all have all these wonderful quotes that are lined up. There's one particular quote that stick, sticks out to me as far as Eternal Crown D&E is concerned. And that is, you are free to make the choice you want, but you are not free of the consequence of your decision. You're never free of the consequence of your decision. The DM will hammer you with it, and well, until you make amends for that one, well, you'll either bask in the glory of your decision, or you will swallow in the shit of it, because, well, that's just how these things go. But I never played D&D before this, because growing up, to me, it was... I'll freely admit, a really nerdy game. And I saw all these people with books and dice and, you know, the little maps and all this other stuff. And I was, they did mention it to me in high school, but it just wasn't for me. I mean, I didn't want to know if I needed to move to block C3 or move forward. I just wanted to play a game. Uh, I didn't want to be, oh, you know, my go and this and that. No, 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 no. Give me my decision making. Let me fall in and out of love with my character. And then you got me. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, I voice many characters. Because, well, like I said, I've been playing for over 13 years probably by this point. But each character for me is different. And I love and hate them all differently. Like I said, some characters I really do hate. And some characters I love to play. Right now I play X, and she is borderline lawful good. And believe it or not, that's a very difficult play for me. I like to be more of mischief. I tend to walk the path of neutrality. So for me, X is kind of new. And while I hope you enjoy her, but for me, it's taking me a little bit to get used to her as well. She's really nice. Good well. I don't, that's not necessarily me. There's a lot, no. <laughs> so, I really hope that you guys enjoy it, and I hope that it brings you laughs, it brings you tears, because even though Aries may make fun of me for crying, I call it like a good book or a good movie. If it's a good book and a good movie, and it makes you cry, then it was worth the time. You experienced something from it, you felt something from it, and well, it wasn't a waste, because... I mean, we live in the moments, right? So for me, that's what it is, moments. It might not be my physical reality moments, but, well, moments in my imagination. Well, if I can spend three hours watching a movie, I can spend three hours delving into D&D. Well, at least Eternal Crown D&D. So that's been my experience, and I'm going to hand it over to my twin brother, at least in the podcast, Ill. And you can see it from his uh, wonderful perspective. Oh, 
Um, hello, everyone. I'm Ill. I also play the character known as Misery, which you all end up meeting later on. Um, Eternal Crown to me is far more than just D&D. It's an avant-garde movement. It's performance art. We're basically building a universe as we play it. It's like if you were to watch um, J.K. Rowling sit at a table with one guy at the room in the room playing Harry Potter, another one playing Voldemort, and instead of her necessarily telling you what happens, you actually get to witness it spontaneously unfold before you. D and D has a stigma where it's really nerdy. It's very. Um, I find it very archaic compared to games we have available to us today when it comes to like MMOs such as World of Warcraft, EverQuest. These things were based off of, at least I feel they were initially based off of what D&D ended up uh, becoming over time. And unfortunately, I don't feel that the traditional D&D playstyle, while there's a lot of purists out there, I just don't feel it's aged well with our society. For example, there's this episode from the show called Community um, in season two. Uh, they don't invite the character Pierce to play D&D with him because he's a fucking prick. And what ends up happening is he goes, hides in the closet, pre-reads the quest, and then sabotages the entire event. Personally, I hate the shit out of that episode. I think it's a poor reflection on how D&D is supposed to be played. Do I think it's funny? Yes. But when you're thinking of D&D as a player and as the kind of experience you want yourself and the people to have around you, the DM loses all control of the situation, which I get was kind of the plot as to why it was so funny. But I could see how that actually could happen in real life, where Pierce makes fun of um, Neil for being fat. It makes him feel like shit about himself. gets into his head as a player and completely sabotages the entire quest. Um, that's not how this D&D goes. And ironically, in the group, I would probably be the most Pierce-like person in the sense that I challenge Aries the most. I try to do everything I can to derail whatever plan he's set out for us for the evening. She's burning it all down. Yeah, there's been, there's been quests where I have burnt and broken the zone that we're in. I literally burnt the entire thing down to the ground and made a complete ass of myself. However, it was pretty funny. Um, hope, I, I'm really upset we didn't record that, but it's fine. I'll find other moments. Um, <laughs> overall, um, my favorite part about D&D is the fact that it's the spontaneous factor of it allows it to really go anywhere. I never really feel limited in my choices. Um, I can really fall in love with all of my characters. I, unlike um, X, I love every character I play. I think they're amazing independently very different um and again i'm gonna write a disclaimer here or say a disclaimer my character doesn't reflect who i am whatsoever for example my character ill is a very perverted um sexual type of person that smokes a lot of weed he smokes a ton of weed which i actually don't smoke in real life but you know i've you know i've had moments where i've had been able to explore and i enjoyed that but it's not something I would do on a daily basis. However, ill doesn't doesn't breathe without smoking weed, if possible. Um, he can't give up an opportunity to make a perverted comment um, to the point that it's borderline offensive. Like I, if I was around ill, I would be like, "Dude, you need to fucking relax." Mm -hmm. um, 
and that doesn't reflect me at all in real life. I'm a very quiet, very uh, to himself type of person. And ill will literally see someone walk across the street, go up to them, flirt with them, try to get in their skirt. And he doesn't he doesn't um, discriminate. It doesn't matter if you're an elf. It doesn't matter if you're a dwarf, a centaur, a centaur, a gnome. Uh, you can I get mean, the good. Anything goes for that guy, which is why he's so much fun to play because. Misery, my character, is very, he's very reserved in the sense that he calculates everything he's going to say. He thinks about every action and reaction to everything he does. Where ill, it's word vomit. The first thing that comes to my mind is the first thing I'm going to spit out. Definitely. And I love that contrast in play styles. And, and I try to make every character I play come into their own. Uh, and it also makes you really good at improvisation in real life. Like, I've actually had work situations and, and, and social encounters in my personal life where I've actually been able to take the, the quick-witted, quick-thinking style of my D&D play and, or Eternal Crown play because I really don't want to call it D&D even though the rest of everyone here calls it D&D. It's Eternal Crown. Uh, I've been able to take what I've done in Eternal Crown and help it make me a better business person, a better boyfriend, a better son, and I mean, that's what's important to me. Yeah, we can roll dice and we, I can run around with a shiny fucking sword. But at the end of the day, my character's probably going to end up dying. So I need something to... Many, many times. I need something to walk away from this that's actually going to make me a better person. Um, I, don't, I don't care about items. I don't really care about things that, you know, are going to look great on a piece of paper. Because, I mean then you're missing the entire point of what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about decision-making. Um, I don't. I could lose everything on my character, and I would still feel like I was, I'm the most powerful person there, in the sense that as long as you're playing, you have to understand when you're playing with the DM and when you're playing against the DM, and as long as you're constantly playing that chess game, it doesn't matter what you have. Um, and I think that is the most redeeming and rewarding factor of Eternal Crown as a whole. Um, not to mention the relationships we make with the other players, the community, the immense community that we're about to build. Um, so, I mean, at this point in time, there's nothing that has ever existed like this. And there probably never will be. And if they did, they fucking copied us. Um, it's that simple. And if you want to be able to be a part of something, if you want to say you were a part of history or you were there watching it happen, then I invite you to sit down or whether you're in your car, whether you're on your way to work, snuggled up in bed, whether you're in bed, whether you just got into a fight with your boyfriend or girlfriend, whether you told your parents to go fuck themselves, whatever it may be, sit down, enjoy the time that you get to spend with us because you're being a part of something bigger, a part of something that's never happened before, never will happen before exactly the same way. And you'll be able to be a part of the growth. Um, in the future, we do plan on inviting some of our listeners to come and actually play with us. We do plan on having events, um, both physical and virtual reality related. Um, obviously, right now, we're just starting with the podcast. And I have to constantly tell myself that we have to take it one step at a time. Because out of the group, I tend to be the most ambitious dreamer that wants to no. constantly push things forward. Never. So I have to bring myself back to reality quite often. Um, 
but I challenge you and I invite you to be a part of this and enjoy the ride for what it is. You're probably going to go from hating certain characters to loving them. You know, there's certain things that come come out of my mouth after I say it. I'm just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, and, you know, the DM, I mean, you're going to adore him for his genius. And you're also going to hate him for how fucking vile of a person he can be. <laughs> and same thing with some of the other players. Like, you know, I, I and, and I'm using this introduction to challenge the other people that we play with to really push themselves. Think, think outside of the box. Don't embrace your stereotypes. Challenge yourself. The biggest element out of this is use Eternal Crown to make your personal life better. Give yourself a form of enjoyment. Enjoy performance art for what it is and challenge yourself. Um, I don't really have much to say besides that. I think they've pretty much covered the fact that this is non-safe for work and it can trigger you. Um, We have players that have been triggered in the middle of a quest. At that point, we give them their moment in time. We, you know, we have a very, um, I would like to say, counsel counseling like system. And we kind of talk them through their emotions and we kind of get them back on the path that they need to go. And everyone that plays with us has, you know, agreed and signed like a written agreement that, you know, they're willing to do this and they're not being forced to do anything they don't want to do. We're not holding anyone against their will. Um, This is not a dictatorship. Even though DM makes it feel that way sometimes, no offense, Aries. <laughs> at the end of the day, we're all here to have fun and to make some memories and make a difference in the world that is the fantasy universe that we all enjoy as, whether it be gamers, readers, um, you know, bloggers, whatever it may be. Eternal Crown will make this universe and this world that we all share and enjoy a better place. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. And I hope you enjoy everything that we end up doing in the future. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.